Church, how are you feeling? I do want to make special emphasis over our week of prayer and fasting. You know, Pastor Melissa said, um, you can give your first fruits online or in the offering box in the back. And, and that uh, we highlight during that portion of the service, our offertory portion, that we highlight the principle of first fruits. There is a principle in God's word where God has to be first. Let me ask you something. Can God be second? He's the beginning. He's the one who stands outside of space and time. From him, everything else has their being. And so he cannot be second. Let me ask you, can you make him second? Can you make him second? No. You might say, but pastor, I can make him second. No, no, you can't make him second. That just means you're misworshiping him. And that's what the principle of first is all about. The principle of first is, Lord, I bring you my, the first part of my offering, of, my, of what you have given me. I give it back to you, asking that you would redeem it. I, I wish I had time to go into all of that. But Christ is a first fruits offering, the Bible says. Christ is a firstborn offering. And he redeems us. When we give of our first fruits, God redeems the rest of our finances. You say, but I can't make him second. You remember Cain and Abel? Abel brought him his first. Cain, the Bible says, in the course of time, when he got around to it, he worshiped God. Did God receive that? See, you might be, you might, your theology might change when you think about this idea first. You say, is this about, is this about money? No, no, this is about something far greater than money. You can always make more money. Can you make more time? And so when we dedicate at the very first of the year a time to fasting and prayer, what we're saying is, Lord, we're going to give you our time. And I ask, Lord, that you would receive it and that you would, you would redeem it. Redeem it. That means put your blessing on it. I, I used to have trouble with this when I was younger and then when I became a man and I started tithing, I realized that God does redeem. And when I gave God my first fruits, he did more. He, the 90 went further blessed with God than the hundred blessed by me. And now I'm realizing that the same is true of time. Come on, how many of, of us can, can say, man, I, I, I kind of often wish I had more time. <laughs> oh man, time creates more stress and pressure for people. Some of you are saying, Pastor, are you, are you preaching already or is this still the introduction? No, I'm preaching already. Because my very first point is time time. And this is why fasting and prayer is so important because when you fast, you're saying, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set everything else aside. I'm just going to dedicate myself to draw closer to you. I usually feed my body, but I'm going to take this time at the very beginning of the year to feed my soul and to grow. You're 
in a sense, getting into the weight room uh, with God, spiritual weight room, and you're saying, Lord, I want to I build some spiritual muscle. Come on. And you say, how do I do that? You, instead of eating for a week, some of you are going, a week? Are you kidding me? I can't make it a day. No, you, you can go further than you think. Can I tell you, most Americans have a little, uh, a little stash they can use. You know what I mean? And so you can go for, but this is the thing. Instead of eating, you dedicate that to prayer. And I'm, I'm going to share something else with you. A lot of us will say, man, I can go a couple days, no problem. Because I remember during Christmas time, I was running around doing 100 million things. And man, the time just got away from me. And I looked up and I hadn't eaten all day. Come on, anyone ever done that? Just do it fasting, though. When you do it fasting, there's a spiritual component that comes into play. All of a sudden, you're not distracted at all. Your body's going to start screaming at you like early. Feed me. And you're going to realize, wow, it takes some, it takes some like deliberate effort to get this done. And it's in that moment that your spirit is growing. And not only that, but what you're doing is you're subjecting your physical to your spirit. You're saying, no, you're not in charge, flesh. The spirit is in charge. Therefore, Lord, draw me close to you. Let me, God, be consecrated to you. God, begin to speak to me, redeem my year, and bless it like only you can. Come on, can I get an amen? amen? Is anybody excited about fasting? You might say, Pastor, I don't know if I can go a week. Would you do me a favor? Would you ask the Lord to uh, impress upon your heart sometime today what you can do? You might say, I can fast until 5 o'clock every day. And I'll have one meal. Now, don't go gorge at night. You know? <laughs> that one meal, I'm going to make up for the three. No, just, just you know, um, do, it, do it in moderation. You might say, I can go three days. I can go five days. Whatever it is. But make that dedication ahead of time. Because when you propose it and you are intentional about it, then that's when it can really, really, really yield a blessing. Amen? Come on, how many of us would say, I, I, I think I can... I can engage that. Anyone? Okay, I got a couple. I got a couple more. Come on. Come on. I'm going to challenge you as your pastor. Let me ask you this. How many of us have never fasted before? Like, like I'm talking about. Okay. Let me encourage you. It, it will be the most rewarding experience spiritually that you might have this year. I promise you, you'll be blessed. Time. Time is important. Not only are we going to talk about time, we're going to talk about practices. And what you practice informs your person and the other's perception. But practices, if you really think about it, is your conduct. Your conduct. Your conduct will inform your confidence. Or what I'm really saying is your belief leads to your behavior. You say, well, which one comes first? That's kind of like the old question of the chicken and the egg. All I know is that when you act a certain way, you believe a certain thing. When you believe a certain thing, you act accordingly. It's true everywhere you go. 
And I'm going to ask you to think about why we do what we do because so many times we do the same old thing expecting new results. Am I right? In fact, sometimes we come into the year wanting to make huge changes and wanting to see things drastically improve or drastically become different, but we're doing the same old thing. This year, I'm going to ask you to stop doing some things. And I'm going to ask you to challenge yourself to be the best you you can be. That means to put some good things into practice and to change your mindset because the Bible says as a man thinks, as a person thinks in their heart, so they will be. They will be that way. Come on, how many of us have learned that if we see ourselves a certain way, then we will act accordingly? Isn't that true? I shared with you last week that I, you know, that I allowed that, that teacher to speak over me and tell me, you're a horrible math student. I started thinking, I'm terrible at math. I'm a horrible math student. And I started behaving accordingly. Some of us need to change that voice, change that declaration and say, I am all that God has called me to be in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some of us need to confront some of the lies the enemy's been telling us. But before we can do that, we've got to realize we've got to do some things differently and not just go into the same old thing. Reminds me of Bill, Larry, and Joe. Bill, Larry, and Joe were hunters, and man, they used to love to hunt, and they would plan these hunting trips, and so they were going on this hunting trip, this annual hunting trip to Alaska. They had just started this tradition, and they got dropped off there by the pilot on a lake. It was a pontoon boat. He came down, dropped them off. He said, I'll pick you up here in exactly 11 days. You have 11 days to do whatever you, but if you want to get back home, you will be here at this point, at this time, on this day. They said, yes, sir. They took off. They had a successful hunt. They got an elk and a moose and and a bear. Each one of them got something. They drug it back. They were there. The pilot comes down. He lands on that lake. He goes over to him. He says, what do you think you're doing? He says, we're we're getting ready to go. Come on, we're ready to help you load up. He says, you can't take all of that. He says, no, 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 we've got tags for it all. We're going to process the meat. We're going to eat it. It's going to be, it's quite all right. He says, that's not the point. The point, it's too heavy. We can't take that many pounds. It's just not going to work. We'll never clear the end of the lake. There's these trees. We won't get over them. And then they said, wait a minute. Last year, we got a bear, same weight. We got an elk, same weight. We got a moose, same weight. Same three guys, same gear. A plane, just like your plane, Same time of the year. In fact, the temperature's the same. Everything's the same except for, come on, you, the pilot, the pilot. You sure? They said, we're sure. Say, load her up. They loaded it up. He taxied to the end of the lake. He turned around. He said, grab the branches, guys. They grabbed the branches of the trees at the very end. And boy, he revved it. He revved it. Boy, it was, can you feel it? It's revving, it's revving. He says, let go, gentlemen. And it lunged forward. Boy, it was going across that lake. It was going across. It starts to airlift. It starts to lift. It looks like it's going to clear. It's going to clear. No, it doesn't. It hits the pontoons, hit the tips of the trees. It goes end over end. Bam. You can hear voices. 
Bill, Larry, is it Bob or Joe? I forget. Who was it? Who was it? Okay. I think it was Joe. Joe, you guys okay? Yes. Then Larry says, hey guys, where are we at? I'd estimate about 50 feet further than last year. Some of us call that progress. Can I tell you, God has a lot more in store for you this year, amen? God, come on, look at your neighbor and say, no, 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 I'm not crashing 50 feet further than last year. And by golly, some things have to change. Therefore, I might have to leave some of my baggage behind. I'm not just changing the pilot, I'm changing me. Can, can I get an amen? Today we're saying, Lord, change me. Last week we talked about putting God as our pilot. This week we're going to say, no, Lord, change me. Change me. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about time is important. How many of you have ever heard of Dave Ramsey? He has an amazing, successful ministry teaching people how to get a control of their finances. Amen? And he says this. He says, if money is so important and it impacts every facet of your life, why don't you direct it, prioritize it, and budget it? Meaning, if you don't tell your money where to go, you'll never have enough of it to accomplish what you need. Well, let me ask you this. Isn't time more important than money? Oh, yeah, you can always make more money, but you cannot make more time. And yet we are so careless with our time. We give it away. We spend it. We misuse it. We misappropriate. We let people take advantage of it. Come on now. And we do all sorts of things. I'm suggesting that we today start practicing the idea of budgeting our time. You say, budgeting our time? What is that? It's called a schedule. Amen? A schedule. That means if time is so important, do you have a schedule telling your time where to go? Some of you, absolutely. Here's my schedule, pastor. Get up, eat, go to bed. That's not a schedule, right? It's like, what time are you getting up? Well, whenever I get up. What time are you going to bed? Whenever. What time are you eating? Whenever I get hungry. That's actually not too bad. The, the, when you get hungry, you, you eat. But... Um, but time is important. Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says, see then that you walk circumspectly. What does it mean to walk circumspectly? It means to, to walk wise, to think about it, to prioritize, to consider. And listen, walk wisely, not as fools, but as wise individuals, redeeming the time. Remember we asked, uh, we're asking the Lord during our fasting and prayer, redeem my time. Another way that you redeem your time, you dedicate it to the Lord, but then when you, you get involved, you say, Lord, I'm not just going to use it any way. I'm going to use it purposefully. Redeem the time. What does it mean? It means time is running away from you. Come on, how many of us have realized that the older we get? How many of us can sing? Time is not on our side, right? It's not on our side. It's like it just keeps going, 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 and the older we get, the faster it moves. And so Paul is saying this, read it with me, he's saying this, he's saying, redeeming 
the time because the days are evil, meaning before you know it, it'll get away from you. You won't have enough time to do what you thought you were going to do. You overestimate it, underestimate it. You just, and after all, the way you use your time is about your practices, practices. You go, but how important is, is the doing part? Well, according to James, the Bible says you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So when you redeem your time and you start, you start creating this amazing centrifugal force between what you believe and how you behave, your faith and your works, James says you cannot just say, I believe, I direct my time, I have this schedule. No, you actually have to move now. There has to be movement. So we're talking about here today creating that movement. Can you say practice? Someone look at your neighbor, say practice. How many of you remember that Allen Iverson deal where he goes, practice? What are you talking about, practice? I don't need practice. Yeah, he didn't win any championships either, did he? He scored a lot of points, but he never won any championships. Maybe if he had practiced more, amen? Because practice is important. Practice is important. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 9. Whatever you have learned, received, heard from me, or seen in me. Notice the four things he highlights. Learned, received, heard, or seen. Put it into practice. You want to know this is a gold nugget. You don't have to figure it all out yourself. You can learn from others. This is what it means. This right here, this verse is a gold nugget. It means if you admire something in someone else, learn it from them. What do you want to be? You're not destined to just be settled, to settle in who you are. This is who I am. This is all I'll ever be. No. Decide who do you want to be. Go find good role models. Go look for a good person to emulate. There's certain things that my father-in-law taught me as a young man that I never learned from my dad. Why? Because my dad is very different from my father-in-law. And my father-in-law taught me how to stick to something. How to systematically invest my time and to not get so caught up with hitting a home run. But let's get a base hit. Let's get on base. Right? Let's save $1 at a time. Let's be disciplined. Can, I, can you hear what I'm saying? And so I started seeing some qualities that I wanted to emulate. Not only that, there's pastors that I look at that I say, man, that is a great, amazing quality. There's some of you that I look at and I say, I just love the way they live out their faith. I love the way they have that can-do attitude. I love the way they're always full of joy. I want to learn from that. So what do I do? I listen. I hear. I learn by studying so that ultimately I can what? Say it with me. Practice. Practice it. That means I've got to start putting one foot in front of the other and saying, I can do this. See, practice informs who you are as a person and the perception that others have of you. Let me ask you this. 
when you start practicing something, what does that make you feel like as a person? It makes you more, feel more like what you're practicing. I can remember being nine years old, never played baseball in my life, and my dad bought me a bat, a ball, and a glove, took me out in the front yard and started practicing with me. And as I started practicing baseball, I started to feel more like a baseball player. Others started to treat me like a baseball player so that I started to do more of what a baseball player did. And I started to feel more like a baseball player. Others started to see me more like a baseball player. Can you get what I'm saying here? How do you become a guitarist? How do you become a mechanic? How do you become anything? How do you become a disciplined, organized achiever? How do you become the great dad you want to be? Oh, but I've missed some. I'm not asking you what you messed up. I'm asking you what you can do. I'm asking you what you should think. I'm asking you how you should feel so that we can get this thing going in the right direction. Can I get an amen? What kind of husband, what kind of wife, what kind of employee, what kind of business owner? See, last week we said it has to start with God. You focus on God and you say, Lord, you are my king. You inform what I'm called to do. Now it's for time for you. That's why the little illustration of everything's different but the pilot. Now we changed out the pilot. God is piloting the ship, but now it's time for you to leave some stuff behind, to not keep insisting that I'm gonna do the same old thing. Lord, I want you to put your juice on it and make it work. No, 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 it's time to, do you hear what I'm saying, guys? Notice what perception is. Isn't perception belief? Pastor, you just flipped it. I thought belief came first and then behavior. You just flipped it. You said practice and then perception, then your belief. And isn't perception reality? No, no, no. Perception is not reality. Perception is the beginning that produces reality. You see that? Come on, anyone tracking with me? Talking a little philosophically here, but this is what we're talking about. We're talking about this cycle. I'm going to put it up here again. Hit it. There we go. Belief versus and, and, and behavior. They go hand in hand. So if you want to jump in you want to jump in on behavior? Jump in on behavior. But I'm going to share with you that I believe belief is where you should start. Belief is where you should start. But this is the thing. If it's a plan to believe and that's it, you don't take that first step, you'll never close the loop and start the process because they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. So before we go further on what we should start doing and what we should start believing. Let's talk about what doesn't need to be on the plane. There's some things we need to stop doing. Let's just be honest. Every one of us has something that is stealing confidence from us. How important is confidence? Anyone play sports? Anyone do something that you had to have an amazing belief in yourself. Can I tell you, if you're going to succeed at life, you have to believe the right thing. And if you believe the wrong thing, you've already started off down the road of failure. And so some of us have to stop doing some things 
that are, that are robbing us of our confidence and belief. What do I mean? I can't answer that question, but I can ask you to, to press into the Holy Spirit. And right here, right now, just determine, no more excuses. No more excuses. I know for a fact that I have to stop lying. Lying. Yeah, I say things to impress people that aren't true. I cannot say that. Because every time you lie, you think, oh, nobody knows. But you know. And you feel like a phony. And that's the opposite of confidence. Be okay with who God made you. Be okay with where you are. You say, Pastor, but I'm calling the things that aren't as though they were. Then if God has called you to call the things they aren't as though they were in faith, but don't misrepresent a story from the past. Don't represent who you will be in terms of, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I give you my word. If you give somebody your word, fulfill it. Fulfill it. Yet let your yes be yes. Why? Because you will grow in confidence. Can I say something else to you? Some of us need to stop drinking. And you know it. You know it. You know it. It's in your heart. I don't have to. And you can try to make excuses, but get along with the Holy Spirit. Let him tell you. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Some of us need to stop eating unhealthy. Some of us need to stop Cheating on our time at work. Oh. Some of, there's, there's all sorts of things. Some of us need to stop losing our temper with our family. Why am I saying this? I'm not saying this to beat you up or to make you feel like, oh, this is lousy. I'm saying this because every time you do that, the enemy attacks you. And it feels far better to stand in faith saying, no, that, that's not who I am. I've stopped that. I've left that behind. I'm letting the Holy Spirit lead me from this. To, okay. See, because as a man thinks, as a person thinks in their heart, so they will be. So they will be. So I'm going to ask you to ask the right questions. This is so important because do you realize how powerful a question is? A question is super powerful because a question begs an answer. And many of us ask in the wrong way. What do I mean by that? When you ask a question, just throw it out there into the ethos, into the atmosphere. Just ask it willy-nilly. You're going to get three different possible answers from the wrong side of things. You're going to get the self, the fallen self, the self that always is negative. Come on, how many of you have one of those? Every one of us has. You're going to get the world. That means people around you. And you're going to get the enemy. And between those three, you could get a really bad answer to a really bad question. But if you get alone with God, what does it mean to get alone with God? It means you, you dedicate some time where you bow your knees. I mean, bend your knees, bow your head, humble your heart. Someone asked me after first service, Pastor, do I have to get in a kneeling position? No, that's just a, a, a word picture of what should be happening inside of you. Right? Not coming to God all arrogant like, no, I'm humble, Lord. I know that you're the king of all glory. And I need your help. And I love you and I desire you. 
You can walk around the lake. You can walk in your neighborhood. You can drive on your way to work, turn off the radio, and just say, Lord, it's me and you time. I want to ask some questions of you. And see, questions are important because what if I say, why? Why am I such a failure? What do you think the answer is going to be? If I'm not hearing from God. What if I say, why can't I ever lose weight? Oh, that was so stupid. Why am I so stupid? Come on. Y'all sitting there acting like, you asked those questions? I already know you do too. Because that's the human condition. The human condition is to not be careful and we just spurt out. And then we start getting answers and we have to fight through all those horrible answers. How about if we just get alone with God and say, Lord, there's some things that I feel you're trying to get my attention on. Lord, speak to me. What are some things that I need to stop doing? Come on, if we got alone with God right there in that private spot and said, Lord, shape me, rearrange me, change me, do whatever you have to do, but I'm willing, God. I'm, oh, man, come on now. And he starts saying, okay, I want you to stop doing this and show me what's possible. Show me what's possible. He says, I want you to be a great man of God. I want you to be an awesome businessman. I want you to be the kind of employee, employee that changes the atmosphere of your company. How much glory would that bring him when you have a toxic atmosphere and one person steps in the room and starts changing it one person at a time? Before the year's end, that whole department has changed and they're like, what just went on? A Christian came to work. Amen. A Christian came to work. I mean, I want us to think about this, asking the right question. Isn't it what Moses did? He said, who am I and who are you? We covered the who are you, Lord. Now let's talk about the who you are. Last week we said, the first question you need to ask is, who are you, Lord? Because once you know that this amazing, mighty God is behind you, you can do all things. You can do all things. Now it's time to know who he's called you to be. Who has he called you to be? Who has he called you to be? So this is what we're going to do. We're going to start working on this behavior loop. And I've told you, you can start with your practices, but I want you to start with you first. What do I mean by you? Let's start with the who and let it determine the do. Oh, thank you, pastor. That was good. Amen. <laughs> Let's start with the who. No, this is really, really important. I couldn't start being a good math student until I believed I was a good math student. I'll give you another example. I was a sophomore in high school and I used to play baseball and basketball and I also was on the swim team. And I, I thought maybe if there was a chance for me to letter as an underclassman, I would letter um, in baseball or, or, or swimming. And so we're at the state meet and we have a really good chance to come in first or second in the relay, in the, in the, in the one, uh, four by 100 meter relay. It's all freestyle. And I was, run, I was swimming third. Our top swimmer, was, our senior was swimming last. And we had a freshman, I think it was my brother, 
And it was two sophomores and a senior on the team. And I remember what they said when we got to the relay. They said, you guys have good times, but I don't think you can win with underclassmen on your team. You have three underclassmen. You're not going to win. Then they said, I don't think you can win, Chris Pena, swimming against Alex from Bel Air because he's super fast. And this is his meat. He's a senior. This is his meat. And I started thinking, I'm not going to win. I'm not fast enough. I'm not old enough and mature and, uh, and experienced enough. And the more I told myself who I was and what I wasn't going to do, then I'll never forget, we were, they were coming into the wall, and I look over, and Alex is already getting ready, so I get ready just like him. And his guy hits, I can see it. His guy hits the same time mine hits. And so I, oh man, I want to dive so bad. <laughs> I just want to dive off this platform and show you just, bam, splash on the front row. You know, just, choof. but but I, and that's why I hurt my knee, that right there. So I jump in and I'm going. And I just kept remembering like, I'm not supposed to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And I remember just staying right on his feet, right on his feet, right on his feet. And so when we came to the wall, it was kind of like, boom, boom. He finished and I finished. You know what kept us from first place? Boom, boom. You know what else? When I got out of that pool, I got out with no one having to help me. I just jumped out. And I started cheering for the last guy. And in my head, I could think to myself, why didn't you go faster? You're not tired. You had more. You could have beat that guy. But all week long, I just kept saying to myself what I'm not. I'm slower than him. I'm slower than him. I'm so How about this? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am everything that Christ has called me to be. I, no, this is important, guys. Because when you know who you are, then you start doing accordingly. See, the book of Hebrews tells us that faith is confidence. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I may not see it, but I believe it. Amen? And if I can believe it, then I will see it. I have confidence and I am sure in my heart of who God has called me to be. That's why I'm saying get alone with God and ask some questions of him and let him speak over you. Go, well, pastor, how does he speak over you? This word. You start reading this word and you start realizing, wow, that was for me. That was for me. The very thing. How else does he speak to you right here in this auditorium? How many of you have felt that God is speaking to you right now? He speaks to you through his word, through his Holy Spirit, through prayer time and fasting. And you start asking some questions of him and he starts to direct you. Be careful because so many of us go to other friends and we're like, hey, what do you think? Hey, what do you think? What do you think? How about getting on the phone with the Lord saying, Lord, what do you think? What have you asked of me? What have you? And this is the thing. Most leaders, and I believe if you take these steps, you're a leader. Most people who aren't leaders will never take these steps. And you'll say, good, good, good sermon, pastor, not for me. 
But if you're a leader, you'll probably take some form of these steps because you know how important your life is and how important it is to direct it. But I'm going I'm to tell you something. The greater propensity you have for leadership, the greater the insecurity will be. Because there's all sorts of things out there, things like imposter syndrome and inadequacy and feeling like, I just don't have it. That's why you got to get with God daily and say, Lord, I'm going to be the businessman you've called me to be. I'm going to be the father, the husband, the husband, the wife, the daughter. I'm going to do what you've called me to do, and I am who you said I am. And therefore, Lord, I will walk in confidence. So what I'm going to ask you to do, this is where we finish, this week is to come up with at least three I am statements. What does it mean, I am? Start with the who before the do, right? This is where you jump in the loop and get it going. The who is what do you believe? What do you see? What do you want to accomplish this year that God has put on your heart? Start with, I am a disciplined and organized individual. These are mine. Why? Because I haven't been that naturally. But I want to be. So my my statement's going to be, I am an organized and disciplined individual and Christ in me is greater than my tendencies. Ooh. Christ is greater and will work it out in me if I give him, if I give him permission. Do you see what I'm saying? You start off with the I am. And then you say, faith is the substance You go, you're using two different definitions or two different verses for faith. One starts off with the belief. The other focuses on the action. Because once I start with the who and I build that faith, then I close the loop on faith with taking action. Because this definition puts the focus on substance and evidence. The evidence is my practice. The evidence is my behavior. Can I get an amen? See, the first one is what I believe, who I am. Now it's time to show it. I will show you my faith by my works, not just by what I say. See, first I say it, then I go do it. The who first, then the do. Okay, come on now. Here we go. You say, Pastor, but, but when I say I am, it may not be yet. It may not be yet. Well, isn't it the Lord, watch this, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did? God speaks the things that aren't as though they were. Lord, I'm not there yet, but it's already done in Jesus' name. Amen? This is who I am based on your word and what you called me to by your spirit for this year. And then the I am statement has to be supported with a therefore statement. I am therefore. I am therefore. I am therefore. I am what? Organized and disciplined. I'm using myself as an example. Therefore, I get up early. I eat healthy. I work hard. Now the work, I'm going to get a lot more, um, a lot more specific but that comes next week. But can you hear me, guys? 
Come on, how many of us are saying, I need to get some I am statements going. I, I can't be satisfied with 50 feet further than last year. And, and a crash landing, right? Come on, I can, we can do better than that. Especially if the Lord is piloting the ship. Amen. Let me leave you with this. Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So I finish with this. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus according to 2 Corinthians 5. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4. I am a new creation. New you starts today. In Jesus' name. I love you, church. I love you. I love you. I love you, all my heart. And I want to share with you, God has something amazing for you. Some of us are going to have to trust him and allow him to get rid of all that negative, stinking thinking. Maybe defeats and failures, missteps. You've fallen and you've been battered and bruised. But I'm here to tell you, God can make it new. Don't bring that into the new year. It might be in relation to your finances or your, or your marriage. Can I tell you, your marriage was not your idea. It was God's idea. God instituted marriage between a man and a woman. And he brought you together when he determined that love should be sparked in your heart. And if God is for you, then trust him in it. Know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can have an amazing marriage. An amazing marriage. Why? Because that's what God has willed for you. That's good news. Pastor, because you're telling me then if I just start to learn how to do it God's way, things will improve. Things won't only improve, they'll be out of sight, out of this world. I get up every day and I say, I get to live this amazing life with that beautiful woman. But she wasn't always that good. I'm just kidding. Come on. I wasn't always this good. I've learned some things. How to humble myself. How to be more like Christ. How to trust Him with my relationship. Can I get an amen? See, God wants to make things new in your life. Have faith. Grab hold of it. That's what the cross is about. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your body to be broken and your blood to be shed that we might have new life. And in your strength, we can do all things. To you be the glory.
I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, have a great week. I love you.